0: Tonight, right back at it, as a uh, great philosopher once said, Sacramento philosopher, the marathon continues, Nuggets Tonight, we'll have all that coverage for you right here on Sactown Sports, and uh, Katie's talked to that philosopher before, she joins us Joins us live from Denver, Katie Christensen, good morning.
2: Good morning, fellas, happy Valentine's Day.
0: Hey, Hey, hey you too. Pat still got us little Valentine's cards with, uh, with little chocolate candies. Yes.
2: It's because he's amazing. I love Pat. Yeah.
0: We feel loved. What, what yeah. do you, what, what's the right move? I asked coach Jim this earlier. What's the right move if uh, you're with someone and they say, uh, hey, just don't get me anything for that. Let's just not do Valentine's day. Like maybe a card.
2: Oh, Dave. Um, I actually am one of those people that listen to that kind of stuff. Cause I don't. I don't play games. <laughs> mm. I'm not trying to to make it complicated. So I would say don't get them anything. <laughs> Just
0: don't get them anything. Yeah. It's like a trap. It's not. I can't. I mean, I,
1: I I'm with Katie on this one because I know that's like when someone says that, like I know my she
0: she means it. Isn't it better, though, oh. to be told that and then you're like, oh, here. Oh, you I can surprise then, if you want. But then like the worst is like. They say that, and then they're like, oh, yeah, I got then you.
2: What if they didn't get you anything, and then they, you feel bad? Like it's that's, No, that's, I, but I'm saying which is
0: worse, that situation, which I agree is not great, or they broke down and got you a little something, and you were like, oh, you said don't get you anything, and then you don't. I feel like that one's worse. <laughs> I know, exactly.
2: I'm better at basketball than I am <laughs> at this.
0: Well, never mind. Uh, Katie, last night, um you had a chance let me start here you know you I I talked to you briefly last night you were uh, watching the game as I mean I know you're working but as a fan you're not calling the game it's a TNT game do you are there things you like advantages obviously beyond that you're not wearing a headset and calling a game differences in how you watch the game uh, as opposed to normal in that situation
2: Well, I watched the game at Marley's Sports Bar downtown last night. It's just right across the street from the arena, and we had seats. We had our our normal broadcasting seats that we could have sat in and watched, and I know that Kyle did do that. Um, I had a friend in Phoenix. One of my best friends is there, so I spent it with her. But for me, I don't know, like – if you listen to me call a game, watching a game with me while I'm not working is a completely different experience. There's there's anxiety, mm. there's a lot of yelling. Um, there's probably frequent um, it's like riding I'm in a car
0: with it. you is what it is. It's like when you're driving.
2: Uh, a lot of uh, aggression. I'd say it's a little bit like that. Bad a words. A little bit uh, outrageous. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So what gave you anxiety last night then watching this one?
2: You know, it was a close game the whole way through, and I thought that they played so incredibly well. Obviously down the stretch, that's when things started to get a little bit um, frustrating. You know, it's, it's crazy because you watch the game – as a fan like that, like in the arena, I'm, I'm getting the stat sheet. I'm looking at the stats. I'm, I'm looking at all the things. And so, you know, after the game, when I saw the stat sheet, I was just flabbergasted. It is so rare that you see a team that, you know, there's the hustle categories is what we call them. The three, it's it's, you know, points in the paint, second chance points, and fast break points. And it is so rare to see a team that absolutely annihilates their opponent in those three categories and loses the game. It's like you you just – it's so rare to see that happen. I mean, Kings had 72 points in the paint, 30 more. You know, they had over 20, you know, um, second-chance points. They had over 20 – like a 20-point advantage in fast-break, you know, points. And and you sit there, and the only thing you can look at is like, wow, like – The fouling was so just utterly uneven, and I don't feel like – like watching the game, I didn't feel like like the Kings were – I just felt – it felt – off to me right but i'm like okay i'm watching the game as a fan you know so i don't know it's like one of those games that it was it was frustrating to watch and i'm sure it was frustrating for them um as a team because they did everything you can possibly do to win that game and i thought the the no call on domos down the stretch where you know he had uh booker i believe hanging off of his back like the explanation the officials gave mike brown i think is unacceptable um and, you know, that's a foul. It's just a foul, period. I'm pretty sure no one's allowed to, you know, put a saddle on you and ride you, um, <laughs> even if it doesn't in- impact the play. You know what I mean? It's just, it, it, was, it was frustrating. And this is just what it's going to be like for this team down the stretch. I mean, it's a, it, the standings in the West are absolutely insane, and their schedule is not easy. So you're going to have to find ways to not lose those games.
0: Katie Christensen with us. Katie, um, we played the Mike Brown clips in the last segment, and he, in a very thoughtful way, he wasn't ranting and raving and pulling laptops out, but he went after him. And I had said to Jason, you know...
2: If, wasn't that the kindest, like, yes, going yes. after officials? He was like, uh, they're, great, they're great. They're great guys. They're great human beings.
0: Mm-hmm. It, 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 am I wrong in thinking that it seems like Sabonis is starting to get a little bit of the Shack whistle in the sense that I feel like the refs feel like if they call – You're not wrong
2: at all. Thank you. You're not wrong at all because he doesn't – and it's been that way for a while. He doesn't complain. Right. That's one of the big things, and this is one of the things that really, really frustrates me. I'm so sick and tired of watching players that, you know, moan after every freaking call and they complain and they yell at the officials – and, you know, we can go down the list of people that, that do that. I think we all know them without having to name names, right? Um, and they get calls. And then you guys like Domas, I mean, he's, he's a, he is a literal anomaly in the NBA. There just aren't very many of him. He plays so hard. He does not complain. He just goes about his business, and he gets, like, very, very little respect in the end. I mean, it's it's
1: shocking. Yeah, it, it, it is bizarre that it continues to happen to him. There's always – I think you guys talk about it on the broadcast. It wouldn't be a game without Sabonis getting a hit to the jaw or to the face or somewhere at some yeah. point. Um, yeah. uh, you know, when last night, Katie, watching the game as you did, what was your thought when – I thought there was a big impact in the game when Phoenix went small, which happened the last time, but – over time, it's like Sacramento kind of figured it out, and that's what led to a comeback there where DeMonda started to dominate in the paint. So they, they did kind of exactly. crack the code a little bit, didn't they?
2: They did from the last time. And that obviously in the fourth quarter of the game um, when the Kings were in Phoenix uh, for the last matchup, that's when their, you know, what was a 20 point lead absolutely dissipated as they went small um, and the Kings just stagnated. I mean, they, they, They didn't move ball and offense. They started trying to play iso ball. And I thought that last time they did such a better job, you know, and they they obviously learned the lesson from the first time that they, you know, uh, well, the last time, I guess you should say, the first time that Phoenix did that to them and and kind of showed them that small ball lineup. Um, But, you know, the reality of it is, is like we, we talk about this a lot, and I, I know that sometimes it's frustrating to hear as fans and stuff like that. And, and even other members of the media, maybe. Um, but I truly believe in it. Like it's a perfect example of like, you learn from losses, right? So the problem is, is like, you're, you're having, you have a problem as a team. If you lose to multiple teams in the same way. So, the last time Phoenix went small and they lost, they gave up that 20 point lead and and Phoenix comes back and beats them. I haven't seen them struggle the same way uh, with small ball lineup. They haven't, they've actually dominated. And Trey Lyles has actually been a big part of that. Um, And his ability to come in off the bench and, and and stretch the floor and be effective on defense as well. Um, Last night, they didn't have Trey. So I thought they did a really great job with what they had. And that sometimes included Domas, um, I thought Alex Lynn came in and gave great minutes, but it didn't stall them out. They played their game. They continue to do that. So, you know, you look at, it's like, okay, what's the next thing a team's going to throw at them that they're going to have to figure out, but hopefully the small ball lineup isn't, you know, isn't an issue for them, regardless of who they play again.
0: Katie Christensen joining us, analyst for your Sacramento Kings. Katie, I know on spec, I'm far more emotional and up and down about these games than you are. That's normal. Uh, but, but, but taking that out of the equation, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks on social media, even more than normal last night, I was really surprised at how, uh, upset they were at how, at at how completely beyond just a loss, they were really, really angry with this team. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they play like they did. I, I'm not angry about the loss. I hate losing, but if they played like they did last night for 82 games, they're winning 55 games. I feel like it's the anger is Portland and Charlotte and Detroit and all these yeah. stupid yeah. losses they had. I can't blame yeah. them for last night.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. And listen, I I do not begrudge fans for being upset after losses. Like they're entitled to that. Um, there's losses. If I'm being honest, there's losses that I get upset about. And um, a game like last night isn't really one that I get upset about. If I'm if I'm you know kind of being frank with you, um, they. They played incredibly well the whole game. I don't feel like they had lapses, you know. I mean, they had – they played as close to a 48-minute game as you can, I believe. Um, There was three possessions in the very, very end of the game that they just – it made the difference in the game. And it's like, okay, so you're you're also playing a team that, you know, went to the Western Conference Finals, what was it, a couple years ago, have three superstar-level players on there. And, uh, yeah, you got to give them some credit, too. Like, they made plays. So are you going to be mad that they were competitive against a team and played them close on the road the entire night and just didn't make the plays down the stretch? Or are you going to be mad about, you know, kind of what happened in Houston, what happened uh, against Charlotte, uh, what happened against Detroit? I mean, there's, there's a handful of those games that you can look at. And I generally – you know, I know it's different, and I, I seriously I don't begrudge any fans of being upset. Be upset all you want. Like you cheer for this team, you buy tickets, you buy merchandise, you come to games, like you watch them on TV. You 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 dedicate your time to being a fan to this team. You're allowed to be upset all you want. Um, the one thing that's really just it's like wow to me right now is like, and I asked the Aaron, uh, you know every season takes on its own personality and you know going into last night's game kings had a better record than they did by one game than they did a year before um but last year they were in third place in the western conference at that juncture and this year they were in seventh place going into that game after that game they're in eighth place in the western conference like i asked Darren about like the different personality that each season takes on um and you know it's it's crazy he goes you know last year like there were teams that had injuries so i think that that impacted it um he goes the crazy thing is we think we're playing better than we were last Mm -hmm. year and they are they're a better team right now than they were last year at this point but everybody else is just so damn good yeah and so i think that that also impacts the the overall feeling by fans right of like cuz it's it's not about just the losses the wins and the losses it's about looking at the standings and then you start to get nervous because i think fans are smart they understand how incredibly packed and stacked the west is and you're sitting there going like oh my god is there a possibility that we can be better this year and actually miss the playoffs mm. and i think fans are getting scared and and i i totally get it There's, like, a a level of, you know, worry and and all that, and I totally get that.
1: Katie, want to know about something that, like, so maybe not specifically last night because you said you were watching with a friend at, uh, you know, across the street there as opposed to where you normally get to sit at least at home. Some road venues you're down low, but we've seen Mike Brown – at times uh, really get after play like he'll call that angry timeout and he
2: the timeout he, with kevin Herter. That yeah so you, yeah, yeah so you
1: weren't there I for this specific thing but what, <laughs> what when you're down there what do you kind of hear what do you what do you learn from when he's calling kind of calling a player out like that
2: accountability yeah and they respect him they respect him um and it's a moment a teaching moment where you can immediately and it's it, last night it was kevin Herter. Multiple times it's been, you know, we've seen it with Keegan. We've seen it with, um, you know, pretty much, you know, everyone at, at some different point. Um, but I, I like that he does that because it's a, it's a moment where you can instantly stop and be like, walk out on the court and show what needed to be done. Show how you're supposed to handle that action. And it's not an embarrassment thing. It's not an anger thing. It's a teaching moment thing. And I think that he's brilliant at that because we've showed it in the past on broadcast, you know, and I'm trying to remember if it was Keegan or if it was Malik, the one that is like sticking out in my head. It was like the next like two or three possessions later did it right. And Mike Brown was Jumping up and down and cheering on the sideline and clapping—it's like he used that timeout in that moment to try and correct something so it doesn't happen five or six times before they're able to address it in a, in a timeout if they waited for the you know their normal timeout schedule. So I'm all for it. Like I, as a player, I responded to coaching well in that way, um, and I you know I also like seeing—I don't know if you guys notice it you know, Domas got called for a foul. Um, he goes over to the bench and he's talking to Jordy Fernandez and they're talking about the action and how they're guarding that that high screen action and all the screen action out top. And they're having a conversation because he's trying to understand, how do I fix this? Like, what am I doing wrong? And I love, love, love seeing that from these guys. Well, they're, you saw and him
0: the other night with Trey Lyles. Remember, he and Lyles got into it for like 20 seconds on a missed assignment and then they yeah, were that, good. about
2: that. That was – I thought that was more about um, him not catching the pass in transition, Um, but you're right, 100%. Accountability. They're they're able to talk to each other, and we saw it a lot last night with Domas. Um, And, uh, listen, it's a little different for me watching a game because I miss a lot of the little things like that that happen, like the conversation between players because, while I'm calling a game. Yes, I'm watching the game, but I'm also doing 50 things. I've got the producer in my head, we've got a package coming up, or I, I track the stats during the game so that I can track runs and makes and buckets and threes and like all of the things. So like I might look down turnovers, I might look down at to track the, the last play real quick, and I might miss that interaction. But Domas had a ton of them last night where, you know, after something happened where they made a mistake on defense, he's talking to the players no matter who it is, and they're having a conversation about it. I love that leadership, but I love that accountability because the one thing this team needs to do to be better is they need to be a better defensive team. And if you're not talking about mistakes and errors and you're not on the same page, you're not getting any better. And last night that really stuck out to me, the amount of conversation that was had on the defensive end, particularly after mistakes happened. So that they could, like, really work instantly at at correcting the behavior. Yeah,
1: Katie, I, I'm sure it was a. Uh, uh, did you guys get in pretty late to Denver last night for the turnaround yeah, for tonight?
2: Really, really, super apologize to you guys for being in bed and being so tired and sounding very tired. Um, somebody, but, said yeah, that, yeah.
0: Uh, somebody said that. Somebody said, Katie, what is it, where is it here? Uh, Katie is the most hungover sounding sober person <laughs> I've ever heard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's,
0: funny. That's pretty good.
2: Um, yeah, no, I, I've, I haven't even stood up yet. So I've been laying down the whole time. And yeah, it's not a great, it's not a great sound, but, um, sound I boring. am really, really, ti- I am really tired.
0: So no stream yard, no video, <laughs> Yeah, no. the last hard, part of yeah. the interview, let me ask you a yeah. serious question. Wait, hold on. You did you. Well, yeah, just yeah. so
1: I just thought if you, yeah, I know you're, it's been a lot of road games here. How do you think the, what kind of energy do you think they have left for, for the final one going into the break, which is always a challenge.
2: It is a challenge. It's a mental challenge. I think more than it is a physical challenge because everyone—and I, I mean everyone—can muster energy for one game when you know you got a week off. Everybody can do that, um, and so for me, it's more of a mental challenge, and it's brutal because you know they just beat, like I mean, beat the Nuggets. So they're not going to come out. And have like not have that forefront in their mind, so they're gonna have a really really tough challenge tonight. But I I can tell you, like I feel like De'Aaron has been on fumes for a while. He really really needs the break. Domas to me is like some kind of a, you know, cyborg or something. I mean, he's crazy. He's like mechanical. He to me plays harder than anybody else in this league, and I'm I'm not saying that through purple goggles. I watch a lot of freaking NBA games from the consistency of how he plays every single possession, both ends of the floor, and that he doesn't seem tired at 53 games into the year and seems like he's he's better than he was in October when he was freshest and has, you know, more stamina. It's He's some kind of a robot. So, you know, but just knowing the fact that he's an actual human, he needs this week off, you know, so I, I just hope from a mental perspective that they come out and respond the, you know, the adequate way tonight. Cause it's, it, this is, this is a brutal game. It is, it is a brutal game every year.
0: Uh, that leads to my last question. Cause I was going to ask you, you, you mentioned you talked to De'Aaron and I know that a, this is an impossible question. B, there's no really way to answer it. Real way to answer it. I'm just, when, it, with De'Aaron, it's been kind of an enigma this year. He, uh, he averaged 31 points the first month 30 the second 29 the third 22 last month and now he's up to 24 he's averaging 24 points this month if you he, he had two 40 point games you take that away which i understand Dude, is not i
2: do want to i do want to call this i sat down at our table last night and i looked at my friend and i was like De'Aaron's getting 40 tonight.
0: Mm. yeah it's a TNT game.
2: I, I called it i called it yeah and I he's go, he's going it, against he book call, i didn't I, I didn't call it because of the TNT game. I called it because of the matchup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and but it's,
0: go I, for it. I'd almost feel – but he had two 40-point games this month. You take that away, he's averaging like 17 points. And I know that's not know. fair, but my, my, my question is this – Anyone who's watched him for his entire career, like I'd almost feel better if he didn't have the forty point games, if he was consistently down or consistently up. It's it's been his inconsistency, whether it's at the line, whether it's scoring over the last two months, and we went from like, God, is there something personal with him? Is he hurt? Like I'm not trying to criticize the man other than there just seems something
2: You're like I'm looking for answers. Right. <laughs> like there seems
0: in in in, in your mind is it most likely he's
2: just drained? He's drained. Yeah. He's been drained. Yeah. To me, that's what it's been the whole time. And like, I, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't pay a, a lot of attention to social media. I don't, Good. I, I don't pay hardly any attention to like things that are written. And so when was it recently where there was like this whole, like, Oh, I hasn't talked to the media in so many days. And I was like, what? Like, completely unaware of it um, because I'm around him all the time and he was just normal. Um, so I don't, I don't know what was going on there. I never listened. I never dug deep into the research on that issue because I don't know that I really looked at that as an issue. Um, but I, I, for, for a while now, he had such a freaking amazing start to this season. Yeah, I mean, at what point wasn't he like fifth in the league in scoring or something? At one point like He that? was first.
0: Like he, he led the league. I want to say for like two yeah. days.
2: Yeah. But I'm not talking yeah. about the first week. I'm talking about like where you've been in the season. Now you've got games under your belt, you know, you've got a handful of games. Um, he was consistently like he was top five. I want to say for a while. And then it, that's hard to sustain 30 points. It is. And, you know, this team also doesn't play that style of basketball either. You know, like, it really is like a free-for-all offensively. It's it's whoever is getting good looks, and it can be anyone any given night. So I didn't think that he was going to continue to average 30 through the whole season. Um, but it has continued to drop. But I, I would say for – a good month, month and a half. Like I'm like well, De'Aaron, he's gassed. he's tired. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot to to do what he does on both ends of the floor. And listen, guys, like at Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's a phenomenal player. There's a lot of similarities between him and uh, and De'Aaron Fox. Obviously, um, he was voted as an All Star in the Western Cup. Co- voted as an All Star in the Western Conference. Out of OKC, which I have mad respect for, another super small market, getting someone voted in is pretty amazing. And he deserves it. I'll give him his flowers. But I've watched several of their games leading up to our game the other day, and, you know, As I watch games throughout the season, I look at different things. Like once I've seen the team a few times, I know the tendencies of players. Um, I know kind of what they run. Like I know what to watch for so we can draw on the telestrator. Like things that the Kings might struggle with, what we struggle with in past games. But I specifically spent a whole game watching SGA defend. And he leads the league in steals. He might be one of the laziest defenders I've ever seen. Hmm. And I don't know if it's an anomaly for those two games that I watched, but he does not work near as hard on the defensive end as De'Aaron Fox. You're saying he's, picking
0: poke. he's pick and time. poke and take chances, blow he's your assignment.
2: Poke at, like yeah. he's, he absolutely, he'll stand straight up with his hands down, not even in the stance. He'll be on ball. He'll be five feet off of you in a help side on the, you know, on the weak side uh, he'll have a shooter on the perimeter and he'll totally turn his back to them and be staring at the action in the paint because that's kind of where he goes. He takes gambles, right? Yeah. And so I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, not one time did I see him get down in a stance and defend someone for a possession on ball like you see De'Aaron do throughout the game. So I, I honestly think that De'Aaron's jump and further commitment to the defensive side of the ball has definitely impacted kind of how he's he's looked like he's had an energy dump here in the last month or so um and you know what i'm good with it because for this team to win he has to be able to defend and it's kind of like keegan's numbers at the beginning of the season were down his shooting numbers because he had to adjust to being you know a player that's playing both sides of the floor i feel like he did adjust so to me it's like go through the adversity now because you need to be able to do both of those things the fox in a playoff game in a seven game series. So go through the energy suck right now, adjust mentally, adjust physically because, you know, in April and may, like you have to be able to do that. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, his, his numbers dropped. Dave, the long answer to this question, there's a lot of reasons for it, but he is, he is definitely fatigued right now.
0: That's Katie Christensen, analyst for your Sacramento Kings. Anyone who's ever been to Marley's in Phoenix knows the food is good, like where Katie was eating last night. But looking at this menu as we let you go here. Uh, Chris Law and I both agree. Jason doesn't have the menu. We both agree the uh, Southwest egg rolls jump out. Uh, you've got the the skins, the pretzels, the sticks, the sandwiches. Uh, what was on the menu for you last night? And don't say a salad.
2: Well, so listen, I used to work there. Yeah, no joke. Somebody somebody
0: said on the text line. They said, "Shout out to Katie." I said hi to her when she worked at Marley's years ago.
2: So, yeah, dude, yeah. I think I was working during spring training, and some Kings fans are down there. It was kind of wild. Um, yeah, so I had the the fried jalapeno burger. Ooh. Um, and Marley's French fries are like the, like the best French fries I've ever had. Yeah, they're so freaking good but you can also order them with cheese on them. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I had I had cheese and jalapenos on my French fries and a jalapeno burger. It was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that's day. one of those where I'm sleeping alone that night if I do that Safe so. <laughs> <laughs> uh safe safe flight
2: anyway well,
0: yeah that's a great yeah. thanks Katie <laughs> <laughs> uh, Valentine's day yeah. I
2: mean, you can't be worse than your Frenchie right
0: uh no but the best part about having the Frenchie is that uh let's just say yeah, he sets a lot of sc- it on. he set screens for me all the time <laughs> 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 have, have a good call tonight we'll uh, we'll see when you get home all right bye guys when we come back at the screen four down territory coming up right Travis wants me to touch on his comments on the YouTube chat. What do he say? Noticing a trend. Correct me if I'm wrong. But how often are we seeing games that Fox and Sabonis are having great games and we see the rest of the team going quiet? Like they're just leaning on these two way too much. And I am sick of it. Um, He's talking about the starters. Okay. By the way, though, yeah. um, Fox, Sabonis... And, Monk, Mm -hmm. 97 points. It's pretty good. Yeah. I would say this, Travis, and I'm not saying that your thoughts are without merit, but I would say this. Um, Let's go back to the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. How many times was it Shaq and Kobe combined for 87 of the Lakers, 120 points, Mm -hmm. uh, the Golden State Warriors? Um, Look at all your great teams with stars and – Often, it's going to be a situation where you've got two or three guys that really do the bulk of the work. Let's look at last night. Uh, let's see, 53, 73. 76 in Phoenix's 130 points came from Durant, Booker, and uh, and Gordon. Uh, the only other player in double figures was Grayson Allen with 19. You had, had four and doubles for the Kings. You had four and doubles for the Kings. Uh, Kevin Herter, I think, had 10. Did he have 10 in the first quarter? It was early, yeah. I thought. Uh, I, I think a lot of that just goes to uh you know the way the way the game works out. When Sabonis and Fox have good matchups, you exploit them. Uh and and, and you want to continue to go to them. Now I, I would also look at, you know, percentage wise, DeAaron wasn't the most efficient last night, let's be honest. He had forty points, he had nine boards and he had six assists to go with three steals. That's great. And I'll take that any day of the week. He was fourteen of thirty one. He was five of twelve. He was seven of ten, and he had six turnovers. Now the per- the, the percentage splits aren't terrible. You are looking at what like forty, I don't know, forty seven, forty four, and and seventy. Like they're not great. They're just not bad. And the six turnovers obviously doesn't doesn't help. But also, uh, you know his his usage rate is is quite quite up uh, as well. That would be my answer. Is that I don't know if it's necessarily that they. Kind of slag off. Right. I think it's more of, okay, this is what we have going tonight. And then there's going to be nights where Keegan Murray has, you know, 47. Yeah. Or whatever.
1: Right. I mean, look, if you took, what would it take here? Okay. It took about 11 points off Fox, I think, to get him at 28, 29, somewhere in there. Yeah. And put those points to Barnes, Murray, and Davion, and they're all in double figures. Yeah. I don't know if that's better. I mean, you're still the same point total, but yeah. if you had seven in double figures versus Fox going for 40 and having 28, are you better off? I, maybe, I don't know. Maybe in some games, maybe not. Just I don't look at that as the reason why they didn't come. They didn't come up with a win yesterday. That would be
0: an interesting stat. I, I would. I would be interested to see. I've never seen this collected anywhere, but uh, NBA NBA leaders by team players in double figures, and, and just you know, does yeah. does you know is it, is is it the Orlando Magic have the most games with the most players in double yeah. figures and what's where, that where they at? or yeah. you know w- whatever it may be i yeah. mean i would go over to for example who else played uh Boston Boston be a good one i don't even know this I've i know to Tatum be, was big yeah so you had you had well here you go i mean uh Tatum had 41 and nobody else uh, and Jalen Brown had 19 but you had all five starters in double figures mm-hmm. Horford had 16 Holiday had 14 uh, Derek White had 16. Is that is that better than Tatum having 41 and Jalen Brown having 41? I don't know. Yeah,
1: there was one other game I would say that was like this, not quite the same because the Kings did have four in double figures, but the Portland loss that we were so upset about mm-hmm. that night, Sabonis and Fox had 77, and no one else, right. not one other player, was in double figures last night. I mean, they have Malik go for 22, and you got Herder there, so
0: yeah, and Malik's looked really good. Man, we we, we missed great. he's he's popped out of this slump. What was the stat I saw the other day that, that I think it's uh, uh, Malik Monk leads all players, not just, you know, for minutes, but he leads all players uh, when it comes to assists made, uh, what is it, the half-court offense or something? Oh, that. yeah. I got to find it, but uh, it, was, it was a pretty telling stat. And you, you get to the point where you're like, and I know this is the easy thing to say, but – at what point? At what point are you thinking? Well, why don't we start Malik Monk? Why, why don't we just see what it looks like? Yeah. Fox Monk, Monk and uh, uh, Fox Monk and, and Simonis? What's the What's the drawback? Yeah. Let Let Let's see what the Kentucky kids can do. Together in the same backcourt. Needless to say, DeMontis Sabonis last night, 30 more points, 15 or more boards, 12 or more assists, three or more blocks in a game. It's the first time any players had that or more since Larry Bird. Wow. Since Larry stinking Bird. Uh, So needless to say, Jason, it was was a pretty good night for uh, DeMontis Sabonis. And, uh, you know, a pretty good night for the Sacramento Kings overall, except they did not get the win. Yeah, they'd rather have that. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll take a break. When we come back, who's hot, who's not? We'll recap three in the key, and we will do a three in the key for tonight's game versus the Nuggets, all right after this. What's hot? Yeah, hot. Real hot. And what's not? It's not good. Brought to you by American Energy Heating and Air, Sacramento's complete heating and cooling company and second opinion partner. Before we get to it, uh, let me remind you all, we got a Jiffy Lube drive of the game. Oh, yeah. Did you think we forgot? Uh, heck no. no. Call in right now, 1-800-920-1140. That's 916. Nope, it's not. It's one 800 Old habits die hard. Tell us what the drive of the game was last night. I'm looking at it. And uh, you get a $100 gift certificate to Jiffy Lube uh, from the text line. Last night was a perfect example of why you don't lose to the GD Pistons, the GD Blazers, or the GD Hornets. The Kings have nothing but spoiled, rotten, mentally weak people on their team. Oh. That's from the 209. Okay. And uh, from the 916, I appreciate a text like this. Uh, Dude, can you guys please give a summary of why Greg Papa left the Raiders and what happened there? I guess I can look it up, but I'd rather you guys do it because you're getting paid. (laughs)
1: Uh, they no,
0: they let him go. Or uh, I, 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 I take that back. I don't, I don't honestly remember if they let him go or he left. But when they went to Vegas, he didn't want to make the move, so they went to Vegas, got Brett Musberger, and he took over for the I mean, night. He sort of talked about it during that bye week. Yeah, yeah. The when it was story time. Yeah, that yeah. Was incredible. Kind of went through that. So that that's the basics. But yeah, if you want more detail, look it up. But uh, in the meantime, uh, Christopher Lado, who's hot. Damanis Sabonis. Uh, Sabonis.
3: He leads the league in triple doubles. And, hey, tell me if you've heard this one before. He had 35 points, 18 rebounds, and 12 assists. He also had three blocks and
0: one steal. The first player to do that since Larry Bird. Sorry. Larry Stinking Bird. Yeah, Larry St- LSB. Stinky. <laughs> he is not an all-star. By the way, that bird stat. Uh, yeah, Bird was. Uh, thank you, Simone, for finding it for me. Malik Monk leads the entire NBA in assists per game on half court drives, more than Luca Halliburton or Shea Gilgis Alexander, all while averaging 25 minutes per game and being 23rd in drives per game. Wacky. Mm. Wacky. Wacky, I tell you. Uh, who's not? The Kings bench. Yeah. Now, the
3: bench didn't have uh, that bad a game. It was 10 of 19 from the field with 25 points, seven assists, and 10 rebounds. Yeah, they were. But when you take Malik Monk's stats oh, out, the 20. rest of the bench was one of three with three points, one assist, and six rebounds.
0: Stinky! And <laughs> Trey. Yeah, woof. Yeah, we need mm. Trey back. Gross! <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to our recap last night. Three in the key. Three in the key brought to you by Jason Ross's hoodie. That's right. If you want to wear a hoodie and make it look good with Abandoned Dunes vests. Make it look goody. Make it look goody with Jason Ross. Jason Ross for a limited time only. Back to you. Now back to you. Um, ESPN. <laughs> who was it? Shelly Smith. Smith. Shelly Smith. ESPN.
1: No. Okay, no. we're looking at the trios of Bradley Beale, who left the game. We're uh, idiots. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Total points versus Fox, Sabonis, and Murray's total points. Dave you said it would be 80 for the Suns trio, 60 for the Kings. I said 74, 49. Chris said 83, 62. I did not do the math yet. What do uh, we got for
0: Let's see. Let's Bradley
1: Beale had five. <laughs> Booker had 25. Oh, wow, That's making fun of a hurt man. 30. <laughs> Kevin Durant had
0: 28. So 58? Uh 58 for them. Alright. And then the uh the big three for the Kings. <laughs> uh Simonis had 35. Yeah. Fox had 40. That's 75. Uh Keegan Marie had. Since. 81. So the correct
1: answer was 58-81. Yeah, I think we're all over the place, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, math is hard. I think
0: I said eighty. Did I say 81 for the Suns. You said
1: 80-60. to 60. You uh, were close. Uh, just
0: yeah, just, that was flipped. close,
1: just reverse. Yeah, Chris was close too, 83-62. Oh, okay. So well, flip it. All right, we suck. <laughs> all right, we asked for made three-pointers by the Sacramento Kings. Davey said 14. I said 13. Chris yeah. said 15. Jason, yeah. you win. I made nine. Yeah.
0: Stinky, stinky,
1: uh, Dave. You said on the random stat there would be a quote incident
0: with Devin Booker, and honestly, I can't believe he didn't get tossed.
1: Yeah, nothing really when
0: he when he no when he jumped on Demontis's back and rode him like a pony. Katie yeah. said it. That is that an yeah, incident with a saddle? Yeah. Um,
1: maybe the closest could have been when Grace and Allen fouled and fox into the stands. I'm,
0: I'm all for crapping on Grace and Allen and. Like you know, he had that reputation come out of Duke. Uh, honestly, I I thought he did everything he could to hold. At the end, yeah, he hit him across. <laughs> yeah. the- he knew what he was doing. He was going for the block. You yeah. think so? You think that was premeditated? You could
3: see like how he was looking. Yeah. Oh, grace. We all had that cousin that would do something like that, that. is yeah. true. And when you would start crying, they'd be
1: like, <laughs> 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 I'd have given him five to ten. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. My random stat was Malik Monk would have a double double. Well, he had 22 points and six assists. You were close. Not quite there. You were close. And Chris Villard said Devin Booker would score 40 or more. He had 25.
0: Yeah, and he got a lot of that late. He did. Well, Devin Duker. Yep. Got him. So (laughs) hard. King's Nuggets, tonight Uh, we've got all the coverage for you right here on the Sporty 1140. Let's switch it up. Three in the key. Yeah. Uh, Let's start this off, by the way, Gentlemen. Uh, As always, one eight hundred gambler. But let's play a quick game of guess the line. Kings on the opposite end, on the bad end of a back to back going into the mile high Denver Nuggets arena. Uh, Jamal Murray, KCP questionable for tonight, but tired. Tired Kings, doubtful. Excuse me, so Uh, gentlemen. uh, Oh, and uh, Nuggets twenty one and four at home. Kings fifteen and fourteen away. What is the uh, line, and who is favored? This is a really difficult one because, to me,
1: if Denver's fully healthy, yeah. the rest of they lost twice badly in a row, I think it should be a, a nice size line nice for them. Nice, fat line. But the two players that are out, the Kings just defeated them badly a few weeks. uh yeah. Let me just go. I'll go Denver three. Denver three. I wanted to say five, but I'm going to say three.
0: Denver five and a half. Okay. I believe last time we did this, I think Chris had an instinct and changed it. You just had an instinct and changed it. Didn't change it. Didn't change okay. it. That's right. I will say, even if you'd have changed it, it wouldn't have mattered. You'd have been a half point off. Chris lot on the nose. Five and a half points. Nice. The Denver Nuggets are favored tonight. Okay. Seems a little, little low. I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think we all kind of feel, maybe we're off. but
1: Matchup's been good. Yeah. Denver's lost two in a row. Now, that's kind of a recipe. for And they've been blown out twice, but they're obviously not playing as well. And, and two starters are out.
0: You know, interestingly enough, just looking around the, uh, wait, was this right? The Nets and Celtics play tonight? Didn't they play? Yeah. Last night? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's weird. Uh, Warriors favored by three and a half over the Clippers tonight.
1: Why being out? Okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right.
1: Okay. Oh, uh, okay. well, here we go. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's. First category, we're Battle of the Bigs. Battle of the Bigs. We did this last time they played Joker stat line versus Sabonis stat line, Dave. All
0: right. I'm going to go Joker 27, uh, 12, and 12. And Sabonis, I will go 18, 15, and 8. Oh, I know. Ball. I think Joker
1: will get go. him. I'm going to go back to Joker having a Monster night. 40. 11, Oof. and 7. Yeah, he's going to have to carry a load tonight. Yes, he is. And uh, Sabonis is going to have 23,
3: 14, and 10. Wow. Chris? Joker, 28, 13, and 8. Okay. Sabonis, 15,
0: 16, and... Seven. Oh. Frank okay. pointing out this is also the third game in four nights for the games. Oh. Yeah. All right, Frank. Did you know a team has yet to win the third game in four nights this year in the NBA? They're 0 and twenty six. Yeah. Probably. Mm-hmm. Got that from
3: Stats, huh? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> um all right. Last time these two teams played, the Kings had their largest lead of the season. So this category and the Kings in the second night of a back-to-back third and four nights. So we're going to go on each end of the spectrum. Each team's largest lead, Denver's and the Kings.
0: Uh, Kings by six, Denver by 15.
1: Okay. I will say Denver will have a double-digit lead of 11. Kings will have a lead of eight. Ooh.
0: Scary. Chris? Denver,
3: 18 Haynes seven. Okay, random stat.
0: Uh, Let's say, you know what? It, it, I, I didn't do it last game. I'll do it this game. Hmm. Mike Brown will win a challenge, which would be so random. His third challenge of the year he's won, probably.
1: So Mike Brown will win a challenge. I have the Kings bench will double up. the lap Denver's bench. They'll double oh. them up.
3: In points.
0: The lap Denver's bench? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Yes. I'll Joker
3: will get another
0: technical. Ooh, Ooh, I was thinking about that one. Yeah, I feel like Joker, there's, Joker, there's, Joker. is going to be a tech tonight. Okay. Denver, Joker, Mike Malone. Can't spell Joker without a T. At this point right now, considering everything, taking all things into consideration, if one of them was going to play tonight, would you rather it be Jamal Murray or KCP? KCP. You'd rather it be him that plays tonight? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on the fence. I, I know the obvious answer is Jamal Murray. It's just Jamal Murray. Has, Where's this fence? Uh, It is a white picket fence. Okay. It's on the corner. Uh, uh Cody backed into it. It's broken right now. <laughs> um, It's just that defense KCP provides, and it mm. seems like every time he plays this, he's just always hitting that corner three. And it, it, Jamal Murray just doesn't seem right yeah. right now. But mm. I, I I get it. We'll take a break. When we come back, Niners at 9, Emil so joins us. Final hour of the program. We'll do that right after this.